But we're going to jump right into the word this morning. And what we just read this morning is so powerful. Mary Magdalene and Mary, they go to the tomb and everything is different than it was or what they were expecting. Now, maybe it's what they should have been expecting. We'll get into that in a little bit. But they didn't expect what happened. And what we read is so amazing because if Jesus died on Friday and that was the end of the story, then Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 actually says, then we believers are to be pitied. Because everything we believe is a lie, and everything we say about Jesus is a lie, and it would be worthless. We have no power. In fact, it says that preaching would be ridiculous to even do. Now, of course, we know Paul then says, but Jesus has risen. He is Lord. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And so, therefore, we don't have to worry about what if. But today, we see the moment when Mary Magdalene and Mary experience a risen Lord. When they experience the one that has come, the one that has given his life but then didn't stay dead. And today we're going to look at this thought of coming and seeing. Coming and seeing Jesus. We're going to look at this thought and believe this morning that our God is a God of miracles. He still is. He still moves. He still shows up and he wants to show up today. And in fact, I want to encourage you today, if you walk in here and you have back pain or you have knee pain or you have cancer or you have a problem or your marriage is a wreck or a friendship that was is no longer, or maybe there's something in your family that certain don't talk to other people, whatever the trouble is, whatever the problem is, today I'm believing that God is going to come and he's going to bring healing and wholeness to you. And as we read his word and study his word, I pray that you would let his truth just flow into you. Let his faith arise within you. God is risen. He is Lord. And he has something for you this morning. As we see here in Matthew 28, verse 1, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And I believe all of us in the room might be in a different position. We might be in different spots. But there's something about coming and lingering in Jesus' presence. There's something about coming and just wanting to sit in the presence of our Lord. I was thinking, and uh, my wife and I, we are almost to 18 years of marriage, kind of wild, like there's no way we're old enough to be there, but somehow we are, and we have a 15-year-old daughter and five kids and all of this stuff, right? But we've been married now almost 18 years, but I can think back to Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. I can think back about uh, a lake. We would go and just walk around this lake and we would just linger in each other's presence. I can think back when we didn't want to leave whenever that last good night was or when it was the, hey, we have to go to class. Or I can think about just wanting to be in each other's presence literally every moment of every day. I can think about those moments. And through the years, we have now added five little rugrats to our life. There's a couple in the room here today, right? We've, we've added a lot of busyness. We've added a lot of things. In fact, sometimes you think of college, you're like, oh, it's so much work and so busy. Then you get into life and jobs and marriage and kids, and you're like, college was the best time ever. Like freedom, come on, right? And when we get to this place, and sometimes it's hard to find time to just linger in each other's presence. Sometimes it's, it's hard. In fact, last night, we put our kids to bed. Well, I think I should explain. By that, we said goodnight. They all came and hugged us, and we kicked them out of our room. And, that's what it, and then we just pray that God does good, 
good and blesses them and that good things are, are happen after that because we don't know when they go to bed. We go to bed. That's just what it is. And uh, so it's good, but we had put them to bed or we put ourselves to bed. And then we just, we're lingering. We're just talking. We're just sitting there. It was awesome. One of those moments where you want as a husband or a wife or uh, uh, in that moment, just talking about the last couple weeks have been amazing, tremendous, and really, really busy. And a lot of things went way better than we could have dreamed. And a lot of things, there's things that don't go. Anybody have a life? Yeah, you live? Yep. Things that don't go exactly how you want. We just were talking and encouraging and just really just being in each other's presence. And then one of our kids came in. So we had to put that one to bed again. Like, get out of here. Right? And then another one. But we just got back in that moment of just saying, hey, what's going on? Being able to talk. And in our lives with Jesus, just like in a marriage, sometimes you have to, okay, all the time, you have to make time for what's important. If you're married in the room, you know that conversation and communication doesn't just happen because you hope it would or because you wanted it to before you were married. It takes work and effort to be in each other's presence. It takes work and effort to, when you're in each other's presence, actually linger and listen and communicate and talk. And our walk with the Lord, even to another level, it is so easy to love God, to care about God, to care about what's going on, but to never actually set ourselves in a place where we're in an environment to hear God. We're in an environment to, to experience him, in an environment to just linger in his presence. And I'm not only talking about at church, although I love moments at church where we just get to linger. I love moments at church where we just got to be in his presence. I love moments when we're all together as a family. But maybe even more, I'm talking about on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or when life's a little difficult or maybe when it's just a great week and then giving God praise and lingering in his presence on a Tuesday night or lingering in his presence when I wake up and no one else is in the house awake or whatever your spot is, your times, lingering in his presence is so important. And I think in the church world on an Easter Sunday, there's people that come, they come to look. They come to look and just kind of be a part. In fact, I don't want to call anybody out, but some people today are probably like, okay, I'm going to come, I'm going to sit, I'm going to look, and then right when it's time, I'm going to be able to shoot, scoot out of here, and right? There's some people, that's, that's the goal, and that's okay, that's okay. There's some people in the Bible that they looked at the things of God. They looked and were a part. The women came to look, but there's another group, and this is good, they came and they come to labor, these ladies wanted to come and finish the, the burial process and, and be a part. And in church world, there's some even here that you serve God more than you just linger and sit with God. That you do for God, but the just communication with God sometimes is lacking. As pastor of the church, sometimes I can look and say, oh man, I've done a lot. But I haven't really sat with God or heard God or let God hear my heart or Maybe even more, I haven't heard God's heart. And I don't want to be someone that looks or someone that just, that just labors for God and wants to do for God. But the thing that we all need to do is come and linger in his presence. We need to linger because he is our creator. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's the one that has saved us. Mary Magdalene lingered at the tomb. 
After all the others that had already gone away, there had been a time in her life when she had been possessed by seven, seven demons. Her life had been radically changed by Jesus, and she loved him more than life itself. She was one of the last ones at the cross, and she was the first one to see him after, she, or after he had risen. She loved him so much for what he had done for her that she simply wanted to be in the presence of our Savior. And today, I want to encourage us, Radiant Life, we must be people that, yeah, we serve, yeah, we work, yeah, we do the elements that we do. Some of our worship team, you guys are our superstars, our choir for later, have been here on Thursdays and Tuesday nights and been at life groups on Fridays. In the last couple of weeks, more nights at church things than at home things. It's been a wild time, and those things are good, but it's only good if we're spending time with Jesus. If we're just serving, we're missing the whole point. But we must linger with Jesus. And just like Mary Magdalene, understanding God gave us everything. God has moved in our life. God is showing up in our life. God wants to do something mighty in your life. And whether it was seven demons like Mary Magdalene and her life was transformed, or whether your testimony is Boring like mine, and I love my boring testimony. I think it's the best. At four years old, I gave my life to Jesus in my family room with my parents in front of the most hideous couch. I don't know, it's burnt into my mind. Don't know why that was cool at the time, like pink weird stuff, and it was bad. But I'll never forget it. Gave my life to Jesus at four years old, and I believe he spared me from so much pain and trouble. That could be a good testimony, but what's better than not needing that good testimony in the first place? And you might be there or you might be on the other side and you might have given your life to the Lord four weeks ago or four months ago or four years ago and your life was entirely transformed because pre-Jesus, it may have looked like nothing like what would have honored God. And you might have been in bondage. You might have been demon-possessed. You might have been in every area of your life against the Lord. And today, you have a Savior wherever, whoever, whatever your testimony looks like. If you've given your life to him, then it is worthy of lingering in his presence. He's worthy of giving adoration and glory and honor. We must be a people that linger. And on an Easter Sunday morning, I want to encourage all of us, whether we're in church on a weekly basis or maybe, maybe we come a couple times a year, whatever your setup is, it's time to come back and to give ourselves to just lingering in the presence of Jesus, to spending time with his family, to spending time in his word, spending time in prayer. My life doesn't look like Chris Gross should have it look, or I want it to look, but it looks like Jesus wants it to look. It looks like the word of God because I've been with him. And even things that before I would have said, yeah, I don't think that, eh, I'm fine. It's not that big a deal. All of a sudden, I start to linger with the Lord, and all of a sudden, things that were not that big a deal, all of a sudden become a big deal. And I realize I don't want any part of that thing that isn't a big deal. And maybe not even like black and white sin in the Bible, but things that we're not sure. All of a sudden I start to say, Lord, I don't want any of that in my life because I've been with you. I know you. I've experienced you. It's like I know what my wife likes and I know what my wife doesn't like. And sometimes I do well and do the things that she likes. And sometimes I can't help it and I do the things she doesn't like. And with God and with our spouse or with someone we love, we Spend time, and we want to do more and more and more of what is pleasing and honoring. When we're with Jesus, we linger with Jesus. Everything changes. Jesus reveals himself to those who want 
to be with him. Today, you can be as close to God as you want to be. You know why? Because Jesus, he's not gone. He didn't leave. When we leave, when we block him, it's not like he's gone. He's there. He's everywhere at the same time. He is with you in your best moment. And church, he's with you in your worst moment. If you think he left, that is not biblical. But he's there, and all you have to do is open your heart to him. And when you're struggling or you're in need or you're in pain, you can reach out to him, and he's there. He's waiting for us just to open the door. He's waiting for us. And even in moments when we want him, we, we ask him, but we just aren't feeling him. We can work and rest on the promise of the word. He's there. And I can be disciplined in my life to trust him when I feel God in a powerful way. And I can be disciplined in my life to trust him even when, I, I don't know why, but there's a little bit of a block. Even when I don't, I don't see at the moment, I can trust him. And when we linger in his presence, everything becomes clear. But it doesn't stop only with them coming. It doesn't stop only with them there, but it goes on. And I believe we must be people that linger, but we also need to come to Jesus and listen. We have to listen for what he wants to speak and what he wants to do. In fact, as we go from verse 2 through 8, we see multiple things that take place. We see, first of all, that an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, that would be pretty cool, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Now, real fast, I just think the sitting on the stone is kind of like, yeah, I'm awesome. Like, I'm just going to kick the stone out of the way. It's smooth. Now, I'm just going to sit here and wait for somebody to come by. Like, something special is happening here. And if you're in this moment, Mary Magdalene and Mary come to the tomb. It's like, come on, this is a big moment. This is pretty exciting. And then, actually, they were, okay, let, they should, okay real fast. They should have been excited. Jesus told them what was going to happen. Jesus told them that he was going to die. Jesus told them that he was going to come back after three days. Jesus told them what was to take place. In fact, I think that they should have had a worship gathering at the tomb just waiting. Jesus said he was coming back, but their faith was super low. So can you imagine when they come to the tomb and all of a sudden they're like, the, the stone has been moved and there's an angel plopped on top of it. Like I bet there was this moment of, oh yeah, Jesus, he said, he said he was going to die. He said he was going to, it had to, but the, the angel rolls away the stone. And I believe in our life, there's something about realizing we allow things to block up the miracle that God wants to do in our life. We let stones get rolled away or, or rolled in front of what God wants to do. And then we're like, well, we can't get to it. We can't get through it. My experience, my life, what has been before, whatever's been said in my life, I can't get there. And right off the bat, the angel of the Lord gets rid of the first block, the first hindrance for these ladies and praise God. That's what he wants to do in our life. In fact, Lord, could you roll away the stone in my heart, in our life, so we have faith to believe. And, and, and this angel doesn't just stop there. Because then it says in verse four, and for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. The second block in their life, these, these soldiers, why were the soldiers there? The soldiers were there because the religious people who killed Jesus, they believed that Jesus just might rise from the dead. And if he didn't rise from the dead, they definitely believed that his disciples would have listened to Jesus and at least tried to steal the body to say that it happened, which they didn't because somehow we sometimes miss the clear things of God, right? Right here, me. 
But the religious leaders, they believed enough to put guards there. So the guards were there to block the miracle from happening. But when God wants the miracle, and when we come in expectant faith, the stone is rolled, and these big guard guys, they just go like dead men. And can you imagine that scene, Mary and Mary? This seems like a trap. It seems weird. They're just like sleeping. They're dead. So you're walking. Everything's good. This awesome angel, lightning, and, and white is happening all around. And it goes on, then not only do we see the past, the present, it says that he is not here. He is risen. He is risen. The present for these ladies all of a sudden was he's not dead anymore. The present all of a sudden is the stone's gone, the guards are dead, everything, my faith, it's been removed, that would stop me. And now the angel has said, he's alive. It's done. It's already over, and the the emotions that had to be happening in this spot, but I love that it doesn't only say that. It says, as he said. Could we have faith? Church, can we have faith? As he said. I love that it just is so simply put. And sometimes we want to create this massive theological thing. We want to create something. Well, how could it be possible? Or is it real? Or all of this stuff. But when God moves and when God speaks and when God says, we just should believe what he said. The angel says, he's not here. He's risen. But as he told you what's going to happen, why are you upset? Like, where's your kazoos and your pom-poms? This is exciting. Like, like, like let's do something. Let's have a party here today. The angels, is, I, I think literally I could just hear the tone. Like, duh, he told you. What is the problem? The angel doesn't understand. There's no way. Why we won't just listen to Jesus? Why don't you just listen to what he had to say? And why don't I listen to Jesus? Why don't you, why don't we listen to Jesus? We must linger. We must come in his presence. We must listen to his word and what he wants to say. He's not here. He's risen. And then says, come see the place where he lay. With God so often, there is faith when we come to know Jesus. There's a faith we have to have. There's a faith and an expectancy. In fact, if you are not actively serving the Lord, we're going to pray later. If you need to rededicate or give your life to the God who has risen and seated in heaven, then today we can pray. And there's a faith move. But all throughout the Bible, there's also more than just faith. And faith is the most important. But also, he shows us over and over and over again. There's proof that he lays out. He says, come and see, for he's not here. See the place where he is risen. And in fact, if we go over to John chapter 20 and kind of the same story, verse uh, 1 through 8, you can see it and you can see it even in more detail. But in verse 6, it says, Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen clothes, but folded up in a place by itself. And this story, you see the same story, and they, they highlight different things and different people. But I just wondered, what's this cloth? What's it, why is that important? Why is that there? I mean, it's there for a reason, obviously. You wouldn't put it there. And we see before, like a cocoon, he just was gone. And when they saw it, like, you can't make that happen. That's, he's just gone. He just went through them. 
But the face cloth, why would it be folded neatly? Why would it be put in that place? And in their day, when they would have dinner together, when they'd be dining together, there was this special uh, thing that would happen that the master or the, the, the ruler or the leader of the house, that when he would get up, if he folded his napkin and made it neat and nice, that meant, I'm going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. But if he wadded that baby up and threw it down on the table, that was saying, I'm done. You all can get up. And Jesus, even in this moment, John in his gospel, he understood that when Jesus had it folded, he put it, he's saying, just give me a moment. I'll be right back. Just give me a moment. I'm coming. Just give me a moment. You're about to see something really special happen. And God gives proof of who he is in our heart, in our spirit, faith, what I'm going to walk in, in faith. But I believe the church in America, we have to start asking him, Lord, we will walk in faith. But Lord, Your word says that we're going to experience you. Your word says we're going to experience the power of God. And therefore, Lord, I don't need the proof to believe because I stand on your word. But Lord, why in the world will we not walk in what you told us we were supposed to walk in? Why in the world would we not see you move over and over again? In fact, we could have testimony time here until midnight tonight talking of what God has done and how God moved in your lives, in your situation. The proof of God healing and restoring and delivering and setting people free of drugs in a moment. Get their lives being turned around of healing and the power of God. There's proof when we come to Jesus. And I want to be a person, I pray we are a church that we ask God and we work for him and we sit with him, but we linger in his presence because when we do, we will see him. We will experience him. We will see with our eyes proof of who he is that goes with our faith. And I'll tell you what, I like walking in faith, but it is even a special thing when all of a sudden God speaks, God shows up, God heals, and you're like, I can't do that, church. That's not me. We're going to pray our people up here in a few moments. They can do nothing. But God, with their faith and your faith, we can see the supernatural happen. We can see the power of God, the proof of God here even this morning. I better get moving. I, I might go too long if we're not careful here. The proof, the plan. They are told to go. They are told to go and to, uh, to share wherever it is, here it is. They're they're told to go and to tell the disciples what they had seen. Listening to Jesus brings hope, life, and victory to our darkest days. And I think there's something important before we move on. In our life, we so often, we listen to what the world speaks. We listen to good people in our life, sometimes maybe even a parent or a teacher, maybe someone in a medical field or a psychologist or a counselor, or somebody that speaks something to us. And maybe in a low moment, a good parent said something that has wounded you, maybe a long time ago, maybe called you something, or spoke words that were negative over your life, or you can't. I want you to know today that the God of the universe is the one that has the power and authority to speak into you and speak truth into your life. Not even the best people on their worst day in your life. They don't get to, but God does. That the medical professional and people that are good that would speak, you have cancer or you have anxiety or depression or you're suicidal or or gives you a label. Church, we are not called to accept the labels of our world. 
In other words, you might be walking through a situation and you might need help in that moment, but you are not someone that's just going to be anxious the rest of your life because you are called to not be anxious in the word of God. So Lord, we come and we ask you what someone says I'm dealing with right now. That's not who I am. That's not my future. That's not my hope. You are my hope. Your blessed hope is heaven. And you asked me to pray on earth as it is in heaven, which means, Lord, today I'm praying that anxiety and fear and depression, whatever your word is, that those things cannot be in my life. So Lord, would you relieve those? Would you take those? Would you heal me? When the doctor says you have you have all in your life. Don't take it as that's who you are. Don't take it as you are that. But instead, Lord Jesus, this is a great opportunity for a testimony. This is a great opportunity for proof. This is a great opportunity what they said was going to happen. It's not going to happen in the power of God. It's a great opportunity to let our faith arise. We've seen it over and over and over in the word of God. And we must walk in him and his power Jesus brings life. He brings hope. He brings healing. And we must come to Jesus. We must come to him and we must see. We can't only linger. We can't only just listen. But there's something when we see, when we look at him, when we look what he's doing. And we can see here some things that should be a part of us. They experience the appearance of God. It says in verse 9, And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. He showed up. He showed up in their life. And today I'm believing he's showing up in your life. He's going to show up in power and authority. He's going to move in you in a powerful way. And when he shows up, we see that they can't just stop there. But it says they took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Now, can I real fast? If you take hold of someone's feet, normally you're not very high. Normally you have submitted yourself. You put yourself at the will or the, the authority of that other person because the, the feet are at the bottom. That means they're laying on the ground. That means they are giving worship to their king, laid out before him, saying, Lord, you are so good. You are so marvelous. And if we want God to show up and to be real and powerful in our life, church, we have to get down. And I don't, care if that means literally down on the ground. For some of us, it might help us in our mind to help. Like, Lord, I truly submit and I lay down before you. I think it's a good, a good idea sometimes. I love coming in here some days and just laying on the floor because I'm nothing. God is everything. And I, sometimes I need to remind myself, literally in the physical, that I just need to lay down. And I'm nothing God is everything, and I want to give adoration and praise, and maybe as they worshiped him, maybe today you don't understand worship. Maybe that's just not how you do it. Well, I want to say when we get in the presence of Jesus for eternity, we're going to sing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. There's something that's going to well up within us, and when you worship your king here in a few moments, when you sing to him, it's not just words. We don't just come to church a couple times or a bunch of times in the year for fun, although it's my favorite time of the, of the week. I love it. But we come to worship the Creator, to give Him adoration and praise for who He is and how awesome and wonderful He is. You get to worship Him. It should be the theme of our lives because someday it's going to be the theme of heaven. And last, we come to see Jesus, the assurance of our Lord took hold of him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. 
They missed it. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. The religious leaders, I think, got more than they did. But Jesus said, don't be afraid. Whatever you come into the room today, struggling with or dealing with, whatever the situation of your life is, can I reassure you with the words of Jesus? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but come and worship him. Lay it all down. Come and linger in his presence. Come and listen for his voice. Listen to what he would speak through his word and through his spirit. Hear him, experience him, and see Jesus today. Jesus is going to move. He's already won the victory. He's already done it on the cross and then the, the, the tomb coming out. He's already done it. And today we get to walk in it. Isaiah says, by his stripes, we are healed. That means today we can trust him and rely on him and his truth in our life. And I want you to know today that only a living Lord can give peace and assurance to the hearts of his people. If you need peace today, only our living Lord can accomplish that. Only a living Lord can be present with you, walking with you in your life. Only your living Lord. Come to him. Only a living Lord can speak words of comfort, of peace, and of hope. Church, only our living Lord. And I want to thank God for our living Lord this morning because Jesus has risen. He's done it. He's already won the victory. He's done it. Come on. Yes, he's good. He's done it. But you know, it's interesting, the next four verses... We're not gonna read them, but it's the religious leaders coming up with a plan to say, well, this is what's going on and he didn't actually come back and we're gonna be sure, we be sure everyone knows that, that the word's not true, that Jesus isn't true, that he didn't actually come back to life. And can I say that is it possible that in our day, in our age, culture, society, everything around is trying to tell you that Jesus isn't real. He didn't come back to life. In fact, if you are healed today and you go to your doctor, most doctors are going to come up with some way and something that last week they said it can't happen. This week, well, this is why that took place. No, you said it couldn't happen. God showed up. That's why it happened. Anybody will try to talk you out of what God wants to do in your life. And there's something about coming to him, trusting in him, lingering and listening and seeing him. And no matter what anybody says, when you walk away and God's done something in your heart, don't let anybody take that from you. Don't let any rob you of your victory. Don't let anybody rob you of the resurrection power that's flowing through your veins. Because our world's going to try. Maybe even your family members will try. Maybe even good-meaning Christians will try. Well, it's probably, no, it's not Jesus did it in my life. That's what's going on. We must trust him. We must give it all to him. And in Mark chapter 16, 15, Jesus is about to go to be in heaven following verses it says and he said to them go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation whoever believes and baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned it's really important what we do it's why we do this whole church on Sunday morning thing it's important I don't want anybody to be condemned I want everybody to be saved and then it goes on and I want us to focus here for a few moments and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. It didn't say that sometimes maybe in certain moments or certain cool churches or in certain countries or if you're like, it is really clear, Jesus, by it, Jesus is really clear. 
these signs will accompany those who believe. Which means today, if you believe, or if in a few moments you give your life to Jesus and you believe, then these signs will accompany you. It's really simple. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. And if we believe the word, and we believe the truth, and when Jesus says, hey you, all you that believe, this is what's gonna happen, then I have to keep asking, Lord, if I'm not seeing these things in my life, then I need to keep going. I need to keep going, and guess what? We're gonna keep going till we die, and we're perfect in heaven one day, and that's gonna be pretty awesome. But until then, Lord, I wanna see more miraculous things happen in my life this week, then last week, and next month, and last month, until I die, because I want all that God has for me. The word for today, it's time, church. It's time, it's time. And on an Easter Sunday morning, it's probably the most attended Sunday of the year, besides Egg Hunt Sunday, and that's for candy. So for Jesus, the most attended, God, we must give everything we have and believe his word. We must give it all. God is everything. All the good things of life, starting with our family, maybe our nice stuff, our jobs, it's all just stuff. But Jesus, he died for you. He loves you and he calls you to be a miracle worker. He calls you to raise the dead. He calls you to cast out demons. He calls you to lay the hands on the sick. And he called us to do even greater things than he did. So church, do we have faith today? Do we have faith to believe that our miracle worker showed up and he's going to do something in our life? Because if so, giving him another 20 or 30 minutes this morning to see some folks healed and restored and forgiven and set free and every person in the room experience him, there's nothing better than that. And you know, before we come to the altar, before we do, if we could, could we just bow our heads, maybe close our eyes and it's not like some religious thing, it's just a way to help us focus on Jesus. And I believe there's some people in here today that God is knocking on your heart's door. Our ushers are coming, getting in place. And if you'd say, I want more information about Jesus. I want more information about who he is and what he has done. I want more information. I want some of the word of God to be in my hands so I can read it. And you'd say, I want more info. And I'm gonna ask you right now, if that's you, that you would prepare your heart. And in a second, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand just so that people can see and so that they can uh, give you one of these books. Then we're gonna pray as a church together, as a church family you'd say, you know what, I want more information about Jesus right now, all over this room. Would you just raise your hand? Real bold. Jesus died for you. And if you say, I need him, would you raise your hand today? Yes, ma'am. I see your hand back there. More throughout the room. Anybody else? You say, that's me. Yes, little one. Anybody else? We don't want to miss you. This is the most important thing. If you are not walking in relationship with Jesus, come on. Yes. Anybody else? We're going to pray. We're going to go after Jesus. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, ushers. Can we pray? If you're a believer or you want to give your life to the Lord, you just raise your hand, mean it in your heart. Let's go after Jesus. If you'd repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I love you. And I make you the Lord 
of my life. I repent of my sin in the past. And I turn to you. Take that sin. Redeem me. Make me whole. I give you my life. Every part. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for dying for me. You're so good, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Let's give a hand this morning. God is good. Right now, I'm going to ask our prayer team if you would make your way to the front right here in the middle between these altars, between those altars and groups of two or three. Our choir is coming to join us. If we could all over the room, could we stand this morning? Could we open our hearts to the Lord? And we're going to believe that the healing God, the miracle-working God is going to move in might, in power, in authority this morning. And while the choir sings over you, while the choir sings and prays, they've been praying and believing. Would you let your faith arise today? Let your faith arise in this place. And would you, if you are in a place where you need a healing in your body, you need a healing in your heart, in your spirit, someone's spoken a word over you that has, has become you, would, would you come? Would you let us pray for you this morning? Would you let our faith come together to believe that our miracle-working God is simply going to do what he said he would do in his word? Come with faith. We've been praying. We're going to walk in belief today. So Lord, we ask you right now that every person in this room wouldn't stay in their seat, but Lord, that those that want to come and those that need to come and have healing in their body and their mind and their spirit, Lord Jesus, that you would bring wholeness. Lord Jesus, that you would bring freedom. Lord, for backs today, Lord, I pray that you would make whole and well. For rotator cups, for cancer in bodies, Lord, for knees, even things that doctors say need replaced. Lord, we give you the chance today first to replace it. Lord, would you do it before? Lord, we ask you. Lord, those that have been spoken of in depression or anxiety, Lord, that's just a part of what their journey is. Lord, I pray today that they would speak against that. And instead, Lord, that you would bring freedom and wholeness in the name of Jesus. God, we worship you. Let our faith arise right now, Jesus. Let our faith arise. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. You are so good. We believe it. We believe for it right now in your name. You're so good, Jesus. Come, let's pray this morning. Come on, church. Our God is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. We love him, and we're going to keep praying and keep going after him as long as anybody wants to pray. And we also know that some of you have lunches to go to and all those things. So we're going to sing just a couple more minutes of the song we started. We're going to celebrate God and what he's spoken at the altar, what, he, what he's spoken in your heart, through the word, through his spirit today. So can we get excited this morning? And I want to be sure right after church, if you are new with us, if you'd spend five minutes on the other side of that wall in the glass room, we'd love to just talk with you, Pastor Rachel and myself, introduce ourselves. We're the lead pastors here and would love to bless you and encourage you. I even have snacks if you need something to hold you over till lunch. But we would love to talk with you and we're going to do that. But first we're going to sing the celebratory song. And when that's over, you'll be free to go. Although if you want to pray, we'll be here at the front to pray. But just so we're ready to go, I want to say be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. And let's celebrate and shout one more time as we sing the end of the song one more time. Come on. God is good. <laughs>